You are now listening to the Blue Collar Unplugged Podcast. Sexton gets it. Three seconds. Two. Sexton at one. The win. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Presented by Crimson Crossover. Your home for all things Alabama basketball. Now here are your hosts, Blake Byler. That's two out of 26 in his last four games at home. Matthew Gibson. You had Alabama fans selling their on-court seats to Auburn fans for the biggest game in God knows how long. And Jacob Pickle. And what is next to Butler Field? Arby's. Arby's. So Arby's. either A, Alabama basketball is forever it, it, eminent Built on Arby's. It literally built on Arby's, the program. Or it's the first thing you see when you walk in. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back. We're back for Blue Collar Unplugged Season 2. Super exciting. Uh, I'm here with uh, Matthew Gibson and Jacob Pickle. I'm Blake Byler, and since we haven't been in for a while, let's do some introductions again. So, Matthew? Yeah, my name is Matthew Gibson. I'm a junior here at the University of Alabama studying news media. I'm currently the staff reporter for men's basketball at the Crimson White, um, formerly of Rivals.com as well. And yeah. Jacob? I'm Jacob Pickle. I'm a junior here at the Capstone. I'm VP of Crimson Chaos for this year, so super excited to kind of keep that ball rolling and obviously co-host now in BCU, continuing for season two. Absolutely, and I'm Blake Byler. I'm also a junior here at the University of Alabama. Uh, I'm interning at BamaCentral.com where I'm covering some uh, men's basketball, women's basketball, kind of everything in between. And then I'm also uh, the assistant sports editor at the Crimson White, the uh, student newspaper here on campus where I'm covering uh, softball in the spring. And I'm also covering men's golf. But we're all here because we all love Alabama basketball, and that's what we're here to talk about. And so because we didn't put out an episode, when was the last episode we put out? Oh, goodness. Uh, it, it, was, March, it was April. right before the SEC tournament, I believe. And so we really didn't talk about how last season ended. And so let's just get everyone's thoughts on kind of how the season ended, what are our thoughts on the team, uh, the uh, people that left the program, the people that are coming in. It's been a lot of uh, news, a lot of transition period between the last time we recorded until now. And so um, let's just go ahead. Jacob, we'll start with you. Get some of your thoughts on how the season ended. Uh, I mean, I think it's Obviously disappointing, um, given the ceiling that we saw from last year's team. You know, the the peaks of beating Houston and Baylor and uh, Gonzaga all in a year, and then finishing on a four-game losing streak to A&M at home, LSU away, and then Vanderbilt and Notre Dame and the SEC and NCAA tournaments. That's, I mean, it's just disappointing. It, it definitely fell flat. Um, I think especially felt even flatter because after the kind of rough run of January and early February, kind of turning it around, going Three wins, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Mississippi State, um, losing a really, really disappointing game at home to Kentucky, and then Vandy and South Carolina. So kind of felt like we had the, the momentum back, got our swagger back, and then just to drop off that much. Um, that, w- that was frustrating. It was, you know, I think even after the A&M and LSU losses, I was optimistic. I was like, I think the SEC tournament, like we know this team can make a run, um, and then it, it just never happened. Got in as a six seed, so still good to go back-to-back, two seed, six seed. Uh, in the NCAA tournament, but a, a very beatable Notre Dame team to come out kind of that flat. and I mean, it just felt flat. I think I've said that a few times. Like, it, mm-hmm. it kind of was very disappointing for the month of March. Going 0-4 in March is just not the way to finish out a season that had really, really high hopes. 
um, even if the ceiling was kind of exceeding what the team was really consistently capable of. It was just kind of a disappointing way to end the year. Yeah, no, I agree. And for me, looking back in the beginning of March and that loss to LSU, is that where I really feel like we kind of took a the turn. The wheels the fell off. That's where the wheels yeah. fell off to yeah. me. You know, you go into to Baton Rouge, hard-fought overtime game. You just couldn't pull it out. Next game, Vanderbilt, SEC tournament, you lose that. That game was tough, too. I was in Tampa for the SEC tournament. I was there covering it. And so I thought Alabama was really – Alabama was in control for much of that game. No, they were. And they, they came out on fire. I think it was a 10-0 start to that game. Um, started out 10-0. Jaden Shackelford was hitting threes. Uh, you had J.D. with what I think was – and unintentional, but it looked almost intentional, like behind the back, like elbow pass to, to Bediaco on a yeah. on a run out. Yeah. I'm looking at the ESPN, the, the game flow right here. In the second half, Alabama had a, over a 10-point lead. And so then Vanderbilt caught fire, uh, tied it up, and then they really they just took off. The fact that they ended up winning by six, honestly, was surprising to me. Like Alabama here, they had a five-point lead with eight minutes left. Yeah. Um, and the... The win, the win probability for us was like 80% even with five minutes left. Yeah, Jacob was playing around on win probability charts yeah. um, towards the end of the game, um, and like he saw that Alabama had, what, what, what was the number? It was like at the 35-minute mark, it's about like an 83% chance Yeah, that's, that's just not what you want to have. And there we've heard um, all offseason from Coach Oates and from um, other people around the program that, there was a lot of selfishness with the 2022 team. Um, a lot of that can be attributed to maybe players not really looking towards winning as a team. A lot of players caring a lot about their individual stats, trying to advance their specific basketball careers. Um, it also appears like some of those players have moved on from the program, and you're bringing in some guys that may have uh, more of like that team-first Mentality. Now, I kind of just skipped over the Notre Dame game. It hurt losing Javon Quinterly in the first three minutes. Yeah, 100%. Like that, that hurts because Quinterly last season, I would argue, was probably the engine that made the team go, mm-hmm. even though he battled with some of those, um, the do we start him, do we sit him, uh, the, the role differences with Coach Oates. But the constant that whole time was that when he was going, Alabama was going. And so I don't think his loss can be understated when it comes to how that game went. Now, also, you had Cormac Ryan for Notre Dame go absolutely ballistic, 7 for 9 from 3, couldn't miss. He had 29 points. Um, Alabama shot fine, like 8 for 24, 33% in that game is okay, but still losing your point guard, and then you have – uh, J.D. Davison in there playing 37 minutes. And while he wasn't terrible that game, he also had six turnovers. And turnovers, as we all know, were um, points of struggle for him, for him throughout the year. So that, that's just a tough way to that's a tough way to lose. It was. And I think maybe the most deflating one was I think maybe six, seven, or I don't know, maybe like seven, eight minutes left. Um, I think another one you're about to talk about. Yeah, like we get it down to eight, get a stop. Or no, it was down to six, I think. It was the difference between four and eight. Um, yes, and, yes, that's right. It's down to four. Yeah. Um, and JD, or it was it's a six point lead. We score and make it four. JD goes and, like, 
just the most predictable cross-court pass. That gets picked off so yes. easily. They go yep. down and score, and that's when you know it's just over. Yeah, and it was an exclamation point dunk. Like yes, it was, it, it was one of those where you just know the momentum just swung their way. Yeah. There's not really enough time to catch up. You really needed that break to go, and it didn't happen, which is unfortunate. Um, but moving on from that, Alabama got a bunch of new players in, and they went and... Um, competed in a foreign tour overseas. They went to Spain, and they went to Paris. And we're not going to go completely into a full roster breakdown on all of the new players that are coming in. We hopefully want to do that in another episode, potentially next week. We're still figuring out uh, details on that. We may even have uh, a guest in to discuss the uh, full breakdown of the roster changes that went through. But Alabama did go overseas, and they performed really well. And so the first game that they played was against the Spain Select team, I believe. Correct. Yep. And so the Spain Select team, what is that? What does that mean? What does Select team mean? Not entirely sure. I'm not I'm not sure. I, I'm not entirely sure. sure. <laughs> I would my guess would be like, you know, you've got your country World Cup, club World Cup for soccer, it's something mm-hmm. similar of like a little bit of a, a summer development league for basketball players that are at the college or like college same age, yeah, yeah, same yeah. pro level in Spain, just kind of messing around. Um, and of, I believe, of Spanish nationality. Uh, I also yes, think it's they, right. they are that is a yeah, Spain yeah. resident. Yeah. 100%. Now, yeah. not just like anybody playing for FC Barcelona <laughs> basket, or BC Barcelona, whatever it is, basketball wise. And this, uh, this foreign tour was about a month ago. And um, every, I believe, the NCAA rules every four years that um, a College team can go on a foreign tour. We saw Alabama do one this year. You saw a couple other SEC teams do one. Auburn. Auburn did theirs to Israel. Uh, theirs was Pretty nationally cool. televised. Very cool. Um, you had uh, Kentucky do theirs, which was also televised in the SEC network. Ole Miss did one. Uh, there was some talk about how Alabama did not have theirs nationally televised. And you saw some chatter from Javon Quinterly on Twitter mm-hmm. uh, going back and forth because uh, he is fairly online. He much is, like the rest of us, very, very, very much online. online. But he I mean, uh, he Kevin was mentioned. Alabama basketball. I would go as far as to say that's probably fair. Um, but Javon was talking about how they didn't want um, one of the reasonings for not televising the tour was not wanting to have game film out there on Alabama. And do I believe that entirely? I don't know. Do you? Not a hundred percent. But the explanation it does make like, sense. It makes it's sense. a valid reasoning to give. Yeah, it is. I think it's fine. I mean, I would have liked to have watched it. Um, I forget the guy's Twitch username who streamed the, the oh, China game. We will get to yes. Casey, Casey Pixelite. Oh hero. My American hero. Yes. But first, before we even get to the China game, uh, Alabama beat the Spain Select team 108-64. That's pretty good. Absolute blowout. I think that's good. Is that good? That's great. That's, that is I, great. It's good. Um, we got a Bamalytics stat sheet from nice. uh, UA after that game. Um, who stood out? Clowney has come in. He's probably been the second best recruit so far in practices yeah, all probably year. Probably true. All yeah, year, and even even in games. Like I remember going to the the open scrimmage that they had in uh, August, and I think Noah had twenty one points that game for the. I think that's right. White yep. team for the white team. Mm-hmm. He looked fantastic. He's right. looked fantastic all off season, and that's just another element to this Alabama basketball team that you know could take them to the next level. He's super versatile too, because he's what six foot nine. Yeah. He can uh, run the floor. 
He can uh, shoot a little bit, apparently. He can guard multiple positions. Uh, he's very fluid in his game. And so having him be able to potentially step in, and we'll dive even more into Clowney um, whenever we do our roster breakdown, but he's going to be super big for a kind of thin um, front court for Alabama. I think that's going to be really important. Jacob, who stood out to you? Uh, Clowney was great to kind of – Tech on a Matthew one. Noah Clowney Nation. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good, good afternoon. Whatever you're, after, you're listening to this. Good day. Good day. Noah Clowney Nation. Yes. Uh, also, he had the only four dive of the Spain game. So did he really? He did the only one. Uh, and the one. Thank you, Bamalytics, for our four yeah. dive numbers. This is great. Uh, Clowney was very solid. I'm pretty pretty excited about Mark Sears coming in. I think mm. Spain. Yes. He, he had a good solid game. Uh, kind of taking a little bit to get his feet under him and in place there, but. Interesting stat for the Spain game. Newcomers had 85 of the 108 points. Really? Yeah. Wow. Which that's whenever you start to think about the roster, it's like okay, yeah, it makes sense. Like that, it does make sense because who who are your returners? You have Betty Ako, Gurley, Gurley, Darius Miles, and, and Jake and JQ who's not playing. JQ's yeah, not playing, play. and you have Namari Burnett who didn't play didn't last play year. Last year. Right. So you really right. only have three guys who are true returners right. that were able to account for any of those points. Yeah. My biggest, and we'll talk about him more as, as we continue talking about this tour, but it was Brandon Miller. And everyone's favorite um, player, honestly, on the team this whole offseason has been Brandon Miller. He was a five-star recruit from Antioch, Tennessee, six foot eight. Um, he can really do everything he, he offensively and defensively, honestly. He's a really good defender. But he had 17 points in this game against Spain. He was Alabama's leading scorer. He came in and he... Um, if I remember correctly, obviously we couldn't watch the game, but we we was the Spain game the game we were able to watch the score on the yeah. app. What does anyone remember what that app was called? Um, I do I think not. It was just something like Stat Cat, not Statcast. Like it was called Swish. Swish. I still have Swish. it on my phone. It was <laughs> Swish. That's what yeah, it was called Swish. And uh, was, Brian Passing, yeah. the uh, the color commentator for Crimson Tide Sports Network, tweeted out that you could watch stats on Swish. <laughs> Swish was very wrong about a lot of stats. And also was wrong about Brandon Miller's name. David Diaz Herrero. David Diaz Herrero was how Brandon Miller was mentioned and, and listed on the Swish app, uh, which took Twitter by storm. It even got um, the Alabama Twitter account in on it. To acknowledge it, yeah. They, they acknowledged it. Time you do that. There, there were, I saw David Diaz Herrero memes. I believe our friend Christian Sykes still puts David Diaz Herrero memes under John Rothstein tweets. He does. He does. So we that that could be that could be a thing that we continue to see uh, throughout the course of the season. Who was our blue collar winner? The, Ryland. the hard Ryland. Was Ryland. First game. Yeah. Ryland. Mm-hmm. So Ryland had thirteen. He had six rebounds, nice. um, which is big. He had three deflections, which is good, and three steals. So that's a that's a big blue collar effort from Rylan Griffin, and then also Dom Welch had eleven, a transfer from St Bonaventure. Sears had eleven. Sears and Jaden Bradley combined for eleven assists in that game, which I thought was pretty big. Uh, Jaden Bradley, I believe, was on a minutes restriction. He was the he whole was. foot injury. Yep. Um, yeah, Jaden Bradley had foot. foot surgery, recovering from a foot. Yes. And he was a five star recruit as well. Played at IMG Academy. 
And so he, he could be a, a, a huge piece once he gets healthy. Yeah, he is such a throwback point guard. You know, he, yes. he wants to run your offense. That's what he wants to do. He doesn't want to necessarily attack. He doesn't want to, you know, do that sort of stuff. But he will run your offense to, yeah. you know, the best degree that he possibly can. And he's, you know, consistent with it, too. Yes, and absolutely. He, and he can attack, too, is the thing. No, that, like yeah, he, he's absolutely. skilled at it when he's able to. When he like, wants to go score, he yeah. absolutely can. We saw that in the scrimmages. We saw that, you know, during some of the games that over overseas. But, like, with how he wants yeah. to run the offense, it's a lot like Chris Paul, you know. He right. he just wants to dish it out. Which is awesome. I, I saw some clips from the open practices. It was well documented on Twitter that I was not yeah. at the open practices. <laughs> um, Matthew made sure to point that out as well as some other folks Multiple on times. the Bird app. But I saw a clip of Jaden Bradley got in a one-on-one with Charles Bediaco, and he abused that mismatch. And yeah. Charles, like, he's not... Great as a perimeter defender, but he's also he he can move his feet. Yeah, down low he's a well. he's an intimidating presence. Um, down low still. Just, also as a shot blocker, he's yeah. an intimidating presence. Oh, yeah. Bradley just he was on the right wing. He squared him up. He crossed over. I think he pulled one hesitation, blow by, and he did the little like he scooped the ball up with one hand and finished it. Didn't even touch it with his off hand. Just that pretty little underhand finish and finished it with ease. And so just seeing that was really nice to see that explosiveness from Bradley while he's still recovering from his injury. Um, I'm really excited to see him. Yes. But moving on to the Lithuania game. Alabama played the Lithuania men's B team. Also don't know what that means. The A-team was too scared. The A-team was, A-team was scared. scared. <laughs> That's what the I A-team heard. They didn't want Bama, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Lithuania men's A-team ain't played no SEC schedule, Paul. They sure did. They, <laughs> but the, the Lithuania, I can't say Lithuania, the Lithuania A-team had, like, DeMontis Sabonis, NBA All-Star. Who else did they have? Wasn't there somebody else that was on their team? I'm pretty sure it was just Sabonis. Was it just Sabonis? I'm pretty sure I'm, it was just Sabonis. I'm glad that Alabama did not have to play against no. him. That would have been ugly. It would have been nightmarish. It would, would have been very nightmarish. But Alabama did win that game 120-61. to 61. Brandon Miller had 28 in that game. So that was the first game he seriously took over the heavy scoring load. Um, he was the only player that broke 20, and he was one of one, two, three, four, five players in double digits. Um, who stuck out to y'all looking at the Bamalytics box score um, in this Lithuania yeah. game? Um, Dom Welch just... Killed it. I mean, blue collar points. Like he had twenty one and a half. Next closest was twenty one. No, oh, Brendan Miller had twenty two. Miller did that. win the hard hat that game, which makes sense. Yeah, to kind of further develop. I mean, Don Walsh is definitely going to be a, a gritty guy that's going to shoot well uh, and just play hard basketball. He's going to put effort in. I mean, he has earned his spot, has earned his time during uh, his college career so far. Super excited about him from. Uh, St. Bonaventure and the Bonnies. Uh, no, that's not the Bonnies. What are they? St. Bonaventure? No, they are the Bonnies. They are the Bonnies. Yeah, yeah. Who else yeah. would be the Bonnies? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so having him from St. Bonaventure, I mean, I'm really excited about what he brings in as a rotational piece to just the team in general. Uh, eight defensive rebounds is great. Getting two offensive boards, keeping those possessions alive. I, I really look forward to what he's able to contribute. I think... Last year, in those, some of those moments of a game where it's like, wow, we really are running James Rojas for consistent minutes. Like, 
having Don Welch there instead of Rojas is a really, really nice piece. Um, and mm-hmm, Welch may even be like further down in the rotation just because we have so much depth. But I think we can look for a lot of good contributions from him this year and especially in this just whopping of Lithuania Team B. He's a he's a shooter, too. And yeah, that, that's big um, for a team that really struggled with not having a ton of shooting. Yes, but that's... Yeah. Three for thirty. Three for thirty, like the the infamous Kentucky game. But then you also have Alabama. I, I put a stat in some story I wrote where Alabama was. I think they were top ten in three pointers attempted, and outside the top three hundred in three point percentage. Yeah, I saw a similar stat. I'm pretty sure Alabama mm. took the most threes in the SEC, but finished maybe tenth or eleventh. In percentage? Yes, in three-point percentage. Yeah, the percentage was not good. And so you can't be in the top half of how many you shoot and be – or in the top 10, excuse me, and be in the bottom 30 yep. in how many you make. That's not good. Dom Welch is one of the people that will change that. Another person that could change that is Namari Burnett. Namari Burnett. Namari Burnett um, had 19 against Lithuania. Um, he – from from highlights that got posted on the Alabama basketball Twitter, he looked explosive. Uh, he had some nice uh, finishes with both hands. Um, he can do a lot offensively that maybe really wasn't able to be shown at Texas Tech his first uh, season in college. And so for those of you who don't know, uh, Namari Burnett was um, a recruit, a four-star recruit, a McDonald's All-American in the 2020 class. Uh, he went to Texas Tech his freshman year. It was the 2021 season, um, and he averaged, I think, five points a game, didn't shoot well from three, uh, he actually ended up leaving the team mid-season, entering the transfer portal around mid-January. Oh. And then um, in the next, I think it was April, he transferred to Alabama, tore his ACL? Yes, tore Was it ACL. an ACL? It was an ACL. Um, tore his ACL going into last season. I remember finding out the news with Jacob in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, yeah. watching Alabama football smoke Miami. Mm. Found out the news there. That was not pleasant. Put no, a real damper on that win. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. now we see that Burnett's healthy and he's able to score. He's one of Alabama's most versatile defenders because of his long arms, his reach, his instincts. Yeah. 6'10 wingspan. Actually, wow. in his time at Texas That's... Tech, at in his time at Texas Tech, he actually led the Red Raiders in steals that year. Even as a, yes. while playing only, I think it was 16 minutes, minutes a game. Correct. Let him, Let in, him steals. in steals. Yep. And he's only, it's not like he's super tall. He's 6'4". 6'4". But he still has a nearly 7-foot wingspan, which is absolutely crazy and adds to the tremendous length that's on this Alabama team. And so that that's just super exciting to see and super um, happy to see Burnett healthy because no one likes to see people struggle no. with injuries. No one likes that. But then after... The Lithuania game. You had the big one. You had the game against the Chinese national team. And so Jacob mentioned this earlier, but there was somebody at the game in Paris who was able to live stream parts of the uh, game. His uh, Twitch, it was on Twitch, which is a streaming platform, Mm -hmm. uh, twitch.tv. And, excuse me, he... um, it's KC underscore Pixelite, Pixelite, which I think is uh, you can still go to his Twitch, and I think it's still there. I'm actually gonna check right now, um, but some of us, um, I think Jacob was busy that day. Yeah, I was busy helping with uh, move in for freshman, but I did get to watch about 
maybe 20 minutes of the second half while mm-hmm. I was eating canes. So that was, that was nice. That was and Matthew and I both watched a good bit of it from the Twitch. Now, I have just found Casey Pixelite's Twitch, and I'm trying to see if the game is still up. It doesn't look like it is. Probably good. I was trying to I was trying to give him a I was trying to <laughs> give him a, a plug in case because I know many um people that follow Alabama basketball appreciated that. Yeah. But we it was a very blurry, choppy stream. But was there anything you were able to gather from watching the stream? Well again, I watching Noah Clowney, he had a double double that game. Mm-hmm. Eleven points, ten boards. I he looks the part in every facet of the game so far. And it's really just incredible thinking about how I remember us debating at times, like, why was Noah Clowney a take? There were conversations like that. I do like, remember having those conversations because he was ranked, like, it's not like he was a bad ranked recruiter or anything, but he was, no. like, around the 80 mark. Yes. Hovering around there. And it, he, it was also right after Alabama missed on Jarris Walker's five-star, if I remember correctly. It didn't so. seem like the best schematic fit at the time. Mm-hmm. And, again, for whatever reason, we missed that. And him being able to put it on the court, um, you know, be able to hit the shots that he can hit, play defense the way he's been able to play defense, get boards, and he's tough too. He's yes, a he dog. is dog. So watching him, he just stands out to me above anybody else not named Brandon Miller. That's a newcomer. And th- that is why Jacob mentioned earlier that this is Noah Clowney Nation. This is Noah Clowney Nation is a group of people that very much enjoy thinking about Noah, Noah Clowney, Clowney playing basketball. Yeah. And that that is us. And Noah Clowney is going to be a big part of the team. Brandon Miller, like just just the fact that Alabama beat the Chinese national team is is incredibly is notable. Yeah. Um, Alabama won the game eighty nine to seventy seven. That's a twelve point win. Um, coming into the game, China was ranked the number twenty nine, uh, the twenty ninth ranked team in FIBA, which is like a national ranking of all of the national teams. We don't know for sure because we never got real rosters how many, like if they were missing players. I believe there was talk on Twitter. Um, somehow fans of the Chinese national team ended up finding uh, people's Twitter that was that were tweeting about the game. They did say that they were missing, I think it was their point guard. Yes. Um, they had like a 6'5 point guard. I don't remember his name. Um, but Zhao Qi, who... Uh, was an NBA draft pick in 2016. He played. Um, and then there were many um, other players. All of their Chinese national team plays either in the Chinese uh, Basketball Association, the CBA, or they play, I think it's just Zhao Qi that plays in the NBL yeah. in Australia. And so that's a team full of professional basketball players. Yeah. And Alabama was still able to show up and get a win. Miller had 21, so he led Alabama in scoring in every single game. Uh, 16 of those came in the second half, um, which is incredibly impressive. He, he averaged 22 points a game in over the foreign tour. Um, what else stands out from that game? Well, you go ahead, Jacob. I was just going to say rebounding was great. Um, yeah. 47-36 overall, and then on the offensive glass, 23-10. <clears throat> so That's huge. Net 13 rebounds is 13 more opportunities to score points. Um, I think Kim Palm gets it at like maybe 1.25 expected points added. 
based for on... every offensive rebound. Yeah, something, that's, something wow, like that. That's a lot. Yeah, that or somewhere around one, just average wise. But I mean, that's great. Like thirteen more opportunities against a team. Like really, I mean, regardless of size. Like again, we don't know rosters, so we don't know exactly how well the hype matchup. We know was. Zhao played. And he's seven one. Yeah. So that that's already somebody bigger than Alabama, the biggest guy. Yeah. Uh, and also they're grown men. So right, regardless they, of their men. size. Yeah. A lot of Alabama's top players are, or at least top contributors. Are, or 20 or younger. Yeah. A lot of them are 19, like still teenagers playing against grown men yeah. and still able to do this. Like that's that's really impressive. It's really nice. And then for me just not understanding the fact that Alabama beat the Chinese national team. Mm-hmm. They're ranked 30th in the world, correct? We saw Auburn reach into Auburn's foreign tour. Auburn faced Israel, who was ranked 39th. They lost to Israel 95 to 86. And Alabama beat I watched that game too. It was a very good game. Yeah. Alabama beat the Chinese national team, and how it's right. like really conceptualizing how nuts that is comparative to like maybe last year's team, you know? But yeah, I mean that's huge. It's just massive. And also, Alabama didn't shoot well either. No, they didn't. That's the most impressive part. Alabama shot six of thirty-two from three. That's eighteen percent. And I remember a lot of that game that I saw on the stream. I saw a lot of threes get jacked up that didn't look like great shots which will obviously need to be improved once the season comes around. But you also saw a lot of really good defense. And you saw lineups that had uh, Jaden Bradley, who's a really good defender. You had Bradley Burnett. Um, I think it was Miller, Clowney, Miles. and Miles. And like the, that five is just a bunch of really long athletes that can just get after the ball, get in passing lanes, create deflections, create turnovers. And so when you have a bunch of people like that, you're going to have a defense that is a force. And Alabama has had a good offense every single year under Nate Oates. But the one year that they went to the Sweet 16, they had a top-five defense. Yep. And mm-hmm. so that's the key for Nato's teams being successful. You're going to score, but if you can score and you can get the stops, it's going to be huge. And yep. from the looks of the foreign tour, it looks like Alabama has a team equipped to be able to make some of those uh, big defensive adjustments and defensive stops. Right, and that's, I mean, that's just so important to have. And I, I like the context, Matthew, you talked about with other teams in their international tours because I know it's hard to kind of, as a viewer, watch, like, well, what am I really looking at? Like, there's FIBA rankings, there's other things like that. Uh, FIBA rankings are a very good estimation of, like, where we are globally, but, like, does Alabama have a FIBA ranking? Probably not. U.S. is one, if yeah. that means anything. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but so that context is important. Like Auburn lost to Israel. Uh, University of Michigan lost by eighteen to a, like. Did they play a, a national team? They did. They played, or this is France's like highest professional team. Okay. So uh, terrible comparison, but this is basically like if the French Lakers. Played, the, uh, no, that's a fair I, like, comparison. I guess, I I that's that. the best I've got. It's like I mean the Lakers suck, but like right the the French Warriors. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's just important to know, like, these games aren't gimmies. I know, I believe Arkansas, yeah, Arkansas did lose one by, like, double. Did they lose or did, did they no, just no, no, struggle? They, they struggled. They, they struggled, they struggled they with, I forget which team it was, but they struggled in one game versus a pretty bad team. Yeah, it they was, ended up pulling out. They went 4-0 right. on their, their tour. Gotcha. And you don't want to try to take everything away from the foreign tour and know. No, like, you're not going to know things not. as facts from the foreign tour. No, right. But it is a good gauge of where the team is at in August, and what it's a good gauge that coaches can get of what you need to improve from. Also, you get 10 extra practices from the NCAA, and more importantly than that, you get a lot of time for like team camaraderie, bonding. team bonding. Uh, the Alabama like 
social media accounts, they put out a lot of content just showing the guys hanging out. And I really liked seeing that because it really made the guys seem like a very close-knit group of players already that seemed like friends off the court, Mm -hmm. not just on. And even Oates mentioned that you got some great content from Adam Cottrell um, when he was doing his little courtside interviews after the game. And um, I think Oates said that this team already feels – it was either Oates or Miller or somebody that said that the team already feels closer than it was last season. Yeah, I think it was Oates. Pretty sure it was Oates. It, it might have been. It might have been the press conference that I was at. I just remember looking, I, like seeing Oates and everyone in that press conference. The vibe is just different than last year. Mm-hmm. At the, even at the beginning of last year, it's just different. There were a ton of smiles. Mm-hmm. You could see, tell they were confident. There was a lot of confidence in those guys. They seemed really yeah. gelled together, unlike last year. Where even even at the beginning of the year, it was kind of like... Eh. Yeah. It's, it's like not like mid-season tensions, no. tour holes. It was kind of, the I mean, group never gelled. All signs are indicating that this team is already beginning to come together as a group, which is fantastic that's huge. for that's, Alabama. That's massive because team chemistry and whenever you have guys that want to play for each other, that goes a very, very long way. Yeah. And even more so, just to, to talk about how last season ended a little bit more, they, like, you still had an Alabama team that was a six seed in the tournament. And so even despite them falling flat, which obviously – it's a little upsetting when they don't meet expectations, and you see that they can beat a Gonzaga, you see that they can beat a Houston, no, yeah. and they don't live up to that. That's disappointing. But also, you made back-to-back NCAA tournaments for the first time in, what was it, 15 years? Yes. And then so. you had back-to-back top six seeds for the first time in 30, mm-hmm. I think. First time since the 80s? Ooh, it might have Since been. Wimp, that seems right. Like that, seemed, that sounds great. Yeah. yeah. So you you had for the, you did something that you hadn't done for the first time in three in decades. Ages. Yeah. Regardless of how you right. lose in the first round to an 11 seed, like you you can build off that, and that also shows that the program is trending in the right direction. And with the transfer portal and with the way Alabama's recruiting, you have an entirely reloaded team and a lot of good and a lot of potential that can come from it. Um, is there anything else y'all want to want to add on this on this topic? I mean, I just excited momentum wise from the foreign tour coming in. I mm-hmm. think that is a great result to have. Um, it's awesome how, especially in basketball, using the transfer portal well, you can recruit really well from the portal and high school, and then come back and it's like you've got a great team who can win now and also has development pieces to grow. Yeah, and I think we looking forward to this year we can point out those pieces um, and I'm excited to get a little bit more into the roster breakdown but it is Alabama basketball is in a good place it is not time to have a conversation about it it's like we know uh, we can be prepared and play well this year going into this year um, we, the program's in a good spot and I'm excited to, to continue absolutely and so going forward we're gonna our next episode will be a, a roster breakdown, some lineup predictions. We're gonna try to have a guest on for that. We're not gonna disclose who it is just yet, Absolutely. but um, we're also going to um, we're gonna try to this uh, off season before the season starts have episodes releasing on Monday. We're not gonna promise every Monday because things happen. We y'all noticed that we did uh, have a bit of delay from our original. Um, upload date that we wanted to happen for uh, the starting of this season and uh, things we had some trouble with some recording studios and some other things Um, however now that we have our studio and we're ready to record um, we will be shooting for Monday releases on weeks that we are able to record and we will have some guests um, coming up for y'all but we're not going to uh, you'll see those when they happen we have lots of surprises in store yeah we teased some of them we did we do have some other names that we've lined up that are going to be great additions for uh, episodes for everyone yes and we're we're very excited for that Um, so I think 
that's gonna that's gonna do it for today's episode. That'll this week's it. episode. So uh, thank you all for listening. Um, where can we find everybody? Let's get, plug plug yourselves. Yeah. yeah, for me on Twitter, you can find me at Matthew underscore Gibson one. So, as you can find me at on Twitter at pickle the letter O seven. And you can find me on Twitter at BlakeByler45. You can find uh, Matthew and I. Um, you can find our writing. Matthew uh, has a lot of great basketball content over at thecrimsonwhite.com. Um, I have uh, a good bit of basketball content over at bamacentral.com. Um, you can uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at BCU Podcast to make sure you mi- uh, don't miss any of our uh, content that we have on Twitter. We'll let you know when we're uploading. Uh, it'll also let you know when episodes get uploaded and any other content that we have. Um, so, yeah, that's going to do it. Thank you all for listening, and we will catch you guys next time.